0: Okay, before I get to my next guest, Matthew Lawrence, I want to give a shout out to a couple more of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Two Under. Two Under men's performance briefs are the official underwear of the 2021 U.S. Ryder Cup team, the captain and all vice captains. They are worn by more than 30 players on the PGA and Champions Tour. They are also worn by over 70 NCAA Division One colleges and 17 NFL teams. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management, delivering maximum comfort, fit, and performance. From the golf course to the boardroom to the bedroom. Find these under performance men's briefs in over 4,000 golf pro shops nationwide. All Shields Sports Stores, PGA Tour Superstore, Golf Galaxy, and other fine retailers near you. Go online to 2under.com. That's the number two, U-N-D-R.com. Two underperformance in your pants. Use code on the T20 for a 20% discount at checkouts. Not valid on items already on sale or NCAA license briefs. I also want to welcome a new sponsor to the show, Pine Valley Orthotics, and their founder, Stu Sakowitz. Did your feet, back, knees, and hips stop you from playing good golf or golf at all? Maybe plantar fasciitis or neuropathy is killing your golf game? Then you owe it to yourself to try a pair of Pine Valley Orthotics with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Pine Valley Orthotics are uniquely designed with an energy return system not found in any other product. When you step down, they gently spring back, relieving foot pain and stress, energizing your whole body, and they work. I love my Pine Valley Orthotics. I've got them in my golf shoes, and I've got them in my dress shoes. In fact, Stu Sakowitz, the owner, is so sure that they're going to ease your pain, he's offering a 30-day money-back guarantee. If you want better balance and stability, treat yourself to a pair of Pine Valley Orthotics today. Go to PineValleyOrthotics.com and for a limited time, you can get these for only $99 and a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's only $99. Ease your pain, improve your game, and change your life. Only at PineValleyOrthotics.com. Okay, now back with me is one of my all-time favorite actors, radio hosts, and another one of my favorite people on the planet, and that's Matthew Lawrence. Over the last few years, when I've sat back and thought about which guest do I want to be the last voice you hear at the end of our season, it's been pretty easy for me to decide who that should be. They are two guys who are very special and very important to me, and they just happen to be twin brothers, and that's Matthew and Mitch Lawrence. I can't imagine anybody better to end a season with than either of those two guys, and tonight, Matthew is joining me. You guys hear me talk about Matthew's show, Backspin Golf, all the time because it's fantastic and the best way to start your Sunday mornings. You can stream it online by going to WLXG.com or on the WLXG app. The show starts at 8.03 a.m. Eastern Time. Last year, Matthew was recognized by the Kentucky section of the PGA of America as their Media Representative of the Year for his great contributions to the game. Among Matthew's other great works on the screen is his stellar performance as bass player Salamato in the movie Eddie and the Cruisers, one of my all-time favorite movies. I think I've seen it a hundred times. I could recite lines with Matthew, which might be a fun show for next season. You've probably also seen Matthew on Saturday Night Live, Beverly Hills 90210, One Tree Hill, or 30-something. Matthew has also been a sideline reporter for Duke and now Kentucky Basketball. He does a show, a pre- and post-game show for Kentucky Basketball. He's a tremendous talent and an even better friend. And I'm very excited to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Matthew, how are you, my friend?
1: As always, when I join you, I'm exhausted listening to everything that i've done i'm just <laughs> I, I'm exhausted I, I I have no idea how I'm even here, and just so you know, Chris, we have to find a better way, a better phrase than the last voice you'll hear will be Matthew Lawrence. There has to be something different that we can say. <laughs> oh wait, it's for this season. Okay. All right. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. It's great to Good talk call. to you again. <laughs> As boy. Oh
0: boy. Matthew, I want to start our time tonight by going back to the Ryder Cup. And I know many of us, including me, wondered if the U.S. team could even stand to be in the same room together, let alone play together and go out and win. And now that they've done it in dominating fashion, people are wondering if the European team Maybe they can't compete anymore. Maybe they're too old. Guys like Westwood, Poulter, maybe even Sergio might not be around the next time around. And these guys on the U.S. team, now all of a sudden they're young guns and they're going to be, you know, dominating this event for years to come. You buying any of that?
1: You know, Chris, it's it's really interesting um, because th- leading up to the Ryder Cup, I found myself in that. This It's not just with golf. I have to say in a lot of areas, and I'm not really sure if it's because I'm the old guy on the porch now or, you know, I listen to you with Olin, who, by the way, is so fantastic. I mean, he's so great Um, talking about, you know, growing up in the 60s and the 70s. I was already, you know, like in high school in the 60s. I'm. I'm what 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 am I, ninety-four now, I think? Something like that. But I found myself, especially this year, I didn't get as excited about the Ryder Cup as I always have before. Uh I found myself much, much more engaged peeing team. And I don't think that I'm the only as a matter of fact, I know I'm not the only one that that this happened to this year. But I think I should just start out by saying uh, I'm a little burnt out on the PGA Tour. I know this sounds weird, so I'm glad I have a minute to explain. Um, I'm sick of the drama on the PGA Tour uh, with Bryce and Brooksy and all of that stuff. Which carried over obviously into the Ryder Cup. Everybody was questioning about what was going to happen in the team and all the things that, you know, our team chemistry and all. I found myself, and I know, I know that you saw it too, following the social media of Team Europe, which was brilliant leading up to the Ryder Cup and identifying more with the attitude that the European team basically has always had in terms of teamwork and why it's so important to them. And I I just this year, it kind of reached uh, a zenith for me in that way. I was not shocked at all that the United States, I didn't think they'd dominate quite as much as they did, but it didn't shock me that we beat them badly. Um, because it was on home, uh, turf, so to speak. And, uh, uh, we have great players. I mean, I think nine out of the top 12 in the world were on the American team, but I found myself much more involved with the European team this year. It was a very, very different feeling for me. I was very happy. I like. Most of the guys on the American team, uh, I certainly like the young guys that we have playing. I don't mean that at all. I just meant this year was a very different Ryder Cup for me uh, in that way. It was really interesting, and I think it'll be fascinating to see what happens in Rome in a couple of years because uh, we haven't seen it quite as much, but Europe has some really good young players, too. Uh, we don't see them quite as much as we see our guys over here, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens uh, in
0: Rome. And Matthew, I know you're not a Bryson DeChambeau fan. You don't even let your guests on your show use his name when they, when they come on. Correct. But, um, Correct. <laughs> did, but did anyone do more of their personal brand exiting the Ryder Cup than Bryson did? Uh,
1: probably not. <laughs> you mean with the long drive and all the things that he had going on?
0: Well, I, mean, I think we were sort of semi-concerned, obviously with the team room piece. We talked about that, but you know, maybe he would even get heckled by the home fans. But he yeah. goes out and, and does things like he did in the singles match, where he drives the first green, and then he. Get, gets his putter and he's walking off and he's raising the putter over his head. I think for two reasons. One, to acknowledge the fans and two, to say, Steve, my next shot on this par four is going to be with this putter. And the fans went crazy. Right. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I understand what you mean. And I, I always say this when, whenever it is that I talk about him, I have nothing but incredible respect and admiration for what he's done in terms of golf. Purely in terms of what he's done with his golf game. Uh, I think it's incredible to see where he's come from not that long ago and his decision to remake his body and remake his swing. And all the things that he does in terms of, you know, air pressure on every shot and all, kind, all those things he does, it takes an incredible um, talent. To do what he does i am ne- I have never disputed that. I just don't like the guy <laughs> I mean that's that's we all have these athletes in every sport where we go, you know the the guy's great, I just don't like him I don't know it's this or it's that or that's the way that I've pretty much always felt about him, and it's very hard for me to get excited about him or watch him. Even driving the first green. I expected him to drive the first green. And again, it's probably because I'm the old guy on the porch. I would much... I enjoy golf, shot-making golf. The most thrilling to me. I am I have always been, since before I started playing golf, which was, holy cow, 40 years ago, Seve was my idol. I love shot making golf i still do there's a big difference guys hit it a lot further i get all of that but the guys that i love watching are the the shot maker guys and he's not one of them and i'm not taking anything away from what he does as i said but uh i you're probably going to ask me about this there is zero and i mean well less than zero to quote one of my favorite movies, chance that I will be watching that clown show the day after Thanksgiving. No, you're not watching that? I mean, that? zero chance. Zero chance. <laughs> I have absolutely no interest in seeing that. None. I think because I'm pretty much a golf purist. Anyway, that's how I think of myself. <laughs> 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 uh. I can be delusional sometimes, but that's, that's the way I feel.
0: Matthew, I, I knew you grew up a big Sandy Koufax fan, which is fine. He's one of the best pitchers of all time, and he was obviously a Brooklyn Dodger And when, when you, yeah. uh, I think, became a big fan of his. And you're also a Yankees fan, which isn't fine and doesn't make sense because you can't idolize the Dodger but root for the Yankees. Um But the of Red Sox eliminated wait, the no, Yankees so. now. Hold it.
1: Hold it. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Hold it. That's a ridiculous statement. You know what? I love you like a brother. But that's – what do you mean you can't root for the Yankees and idolize a Dodger? Of course you can. I'll tell you something even more to just shatter your whole Red sox Yankees thing that you've got going on. And I've said this to you before. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. Die hard. And I'm rooting for the Red Sox. Wow. Like the Red Sox. I always have. Tim Wakefield yeah, has been one of my closest friends. I grew I, I not grew up, I went to college in Boston. I lived there for a year after I got uh, out of college. I was just in Boston a month ago at Friends of Mine anniversary party, seeing a whole bunch of Boston friends. Now, how is that possible? How could I be a huge, I don't know, the biggest Yankee how is fan? Okay, so put that, put a pin in that balloon you just flew about this <laughs> this rivalry stuff. Okay, wow, it ain't me. Of course, Hi. I love Sandy Koufax, and of course, I'm a Yankee fan. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you do it because you're a better man than I. Because there's no way that I could do that. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. most Mostly people you. Are like that. It's Just yeah, no, I'm an I'm an exceptional human being. I mean, you, no know that, right, you know that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, beyond focus, question. Whatever of you are. Yes. So, yeah, right. where I was so, going with that question, outside okay, of the sarcastic sorry. remarks, was. As as such, you're you're a great golf. We all know that by listening to Backspin Golf, how great you are at the game. But have you gone back to New oh, York yeah. do you, as a as a big celebrity that you are? Do you get to go and play the best pages and Shinnecocks and Wingfoot and all the great golf courses in New York? Have you gotten an opportunity to go back and play those?
1: You know, it's a that's a great question, and it's why next on the T is the best golf podcast. Uh, I guess it has something to do with you, but. <laughs> you know. Uh <laughs> actually really. I have not. I ha- actually I have not. And when I think about I've played I have I always say this, I am one of the most blessed people that has ever walked in the things I've gotten to do. Um, because of my acting career and because of people I've met and all those things. I have played golf all over the world. Literally. I have played the only golf course I have played in New York is the Garden City Country Club, which is located in the middle of Long Island and is a historic uh golf course that was built, I wanted to, I could be wrong about this, but I want to say in the late 1800s, but I have never played any of those great golf course. I've played Cypress Point, for goodness sakes. I've gotten on golf courses that you know people really don't let people like me on <laughs> usually <laughs> but I uh, it's funny because the thing is I never played golf growing up in New York. I said this to you before. We used to kick the crap out of guys that played golf. I mean that that just you just didn't do that. I mean we I grew up going into New York City and playing basketball in the playgrounds of New York City. If you played golf it meant you belonged to a country club. It meant you had money. It meant we didn't have public courses anywhere around where I grew up and nobody would play anyway. I mean that was that sport was it wasn't until I moved to LA um in the early 80s and my brother Mitchy had moved out there before and he was playing that I started playing. So uh I'm not I've I've been on your show so many times but I'll say this again because I think it's a funny story. There was a guy that we went to high school with named Andy Schuyler and he was a great athlete and he was, uh, he was on the golf team at our high school. We used to make fun of him all the time, all of us. And he used to say to my brother Mitch and I, because we, we were pretty big athletes in high school. We played force. He used to say, my father just wants you to come out to our country club and play golf with him. <laughs> And we used to say, are you kidding me? There is no freaking way we're going to C. Wayne Club and play golf with your father. Are you kidding? And years later, after I had started to play, I would go visit my mother uh in New York, and I would go, where's Andy Skyler's father? Where is, <laughs> where is he now? I mean, this is 20 years after I graduated from high school. I want to play the Sea Wing Club. Where is Andy Skyler's father when I need him now? <laughs> um, but I, I never really got a chance to play any of those great golf courses in New York. And, you know, uh, there's still a chance. I'm still a of leader, course there is. So who knows? Who knows? Maybe someday.
0: Matthew, one of the things I think you and I agree on is the wraparound golf season, the wraparound PGA Tour season is in my yeah. opinion, ridiculous. <laughs> I used to love, this time of year used to be silly season, right? I mean, we'd be looking forward to the Skins game right. or the Senior Skins game, yeah. you know, the three-tour right. challenge and stuff like that. Talk about, you know, the what we've lost by not having those sort of fun events at this time of year.
1: Well, I think w- there's no off-season anymore. I mean, one of the great things, obviously, we have In baseball, we have the playoffs going on now, and then the World Series. And then you have some time off, so that spring comes, and in February, training camp opens. You've had a chance to back away from the game that we all love of baseball and get involved in basketball and football and other sports. And then when training camp opens, you can't wait for it to get going. That was part of what used to happen with golf. Uh, it was only a couple of months, but the season didn't start till the tournament of champions in Hawaii in January. And so you had a little bit of time to just to take it easy. And if you lived in a place that was nice enough weather, you could keep playing. But, you know, now th- here's the most ridiculous thing. And you and I have talked about this before the whole FedEx cup idea, which I get it. I get having those three events at the end of the year and creating, you know, the biggest purse and all the stuff. The whole thing, we had our first tournament of the new season in October. And on the first freaking day of that tournament, maybe it was the second, they already put up a FedEx Cup points list because somebody shot 67 on the first day. And it starts then, and it doesn't end until the Tour Championship. It's absurd. I'm sorry, my voice is being raised a little because this drives me insane. And that's what this has become. And these tournaments, look, the Shriners and the tournaments that are part of next season already, see, that's it. It's not the silly season. It's not the wraparound season. It's next season already. and. These tournaments do a great deal for charity, and I understand that. But in terms of the golf, it's absurd to me. It's absurd. Let's just go back to it'll never happen, but, you know, the tournament of champions in January in Hawaii. That's how I feel about it. And the whole FedEx Cup thing to me is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) with you. I I get a little carried away with the FedEx (laughs) Uh, (laughs) custom. Matthew, switching
0: gears a little bit. I thought today that Billy Joel put out a new video for his song, Scenes from an Italian Restaurant. The video is fantastic, folks. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. But Matthew, a guy who played with Billy Joel for many years is a good friend of yours. And that's uh, a guy who's also in the Brooklyn Music Hall of Fame. And that's Liberty DeVito. Talk about that yeah. and uh, how you met.
1: Here's the amazing thing about my friendship with Liberty. I met Liberty, um, I want to say maybe three years ago, uh, maybe four. You know, when you get as old as I am, Chris, and this will be a while for you before you reach my age, you kind of, the years kind of blend into each other. Could have been <laughs> 20 years ago for all I know. But I think. It was about three years ago, maybe four. I was invited to uh, a, be involved in a Comic-Con uh, with, you know, the, all these people show up and it's people from TV and movies and all kinds of wrestlers and all kinds of different things at this these conventions that go on. And I was invited and I got there and Liberty was one of the musicians one of the people there and you sit and you sign autographs and you take pictures with people and hopefully you make a lot of money while you're there <laughs> and it was it was 3 days um and liberty and i got really close during that 3 days we had some amazing conversations um he t- a lot of it it started because uh, We were actually at dinner. I, I had only said hello to him and, and just talked to him for a minute. And we were sitting at this dinner table, and I, I believe how it started was he said something to me, and I said, I'm a bass player. You can't talk to bass players like that. You drummers are ridiculous. Or <laughs> I said something because I played the bass in Eddie and the Cruisers and got us into the movie, and we started talking about... um you know the music and John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band and Southside Johnny and everything connected with that movie and that's really how it started we spent a lot of time together over those couple of days that we were together that's the only time we have ever spent together ever wow. and yet it's such this this is ha- it's like my friendship with people on Twitter or you or people that I I mean I have such a, a I love that guy so much for so many reasons um, and we talk on the phone and we we're on Twitter together and social media and we text uh, together and but we've only actually physically been together for three days. <laughs> wow! And every time I say something like that, I just shake my head because I have another way that I'm very blessed. I have so many relationships like that with people, you know, that physically I haven't. Re- I have a lot of friends that I've never met uh like a certain person. I may like
0: be talking me. to. I know we talked a bit about this last time, but I want to touch on it again because it is a really big deal. Last year, you were recognized by the Kentucky Section of the PGA of America as their Media Representative of the Year, and and I bring that back up because, like I say, a it's a big deal, and b because you were a great actor in Hollywood for many years. You got into golf late in life, mostly because you're playing in celebrity, you know, golf events, things that you've talked about before. And then you fell in love with the mm-hmm. game and what you've given back through your show, Factspin Golf, and your support of junior players in your area in Kentucky and the women's side of the game and entertaining all of us on Sunday mornings has been phenomenal. I hope you allow yourself to understand how important you've become to the game of golf and its growth, not only in Kentucky, but around the world because of the power of the Internet and our ability to listen to your show online. And, uh, not just when it's, when it's live, but you've done so much for the game of golf. I hope you realize how important you are. Um,
1: you know, one of the things that happens, uh, as you get older is things choke you up. Um, like right now, like what you just said. Um, I don't, I, I, you know how, How I love you and I appreciate you for saying that. Um, but I can honestly say that, that it is absolutely nothing compared to what the game of golf has given me. Um, extremely grateful that because of the platform that I was given some seven years ago now, I think, um, I'm able to do certain things uh For junior golf um that's the most important thing to me right now is seeing kids learn how to play the game, and I can interact with people and get people to do certain things and um I want to talk to you about one of those things I hope I don't forget um, uh the game of golf has given me the incredible friendships, as you said, from all over the world of people that I've never met and yet do more for me and my life than I could ever 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 uh give back. I mean I I certainly appreciate you saying that but boy do I feel it's uh the other way around. I'm very grateful for the Kentucky PGA section to do that. But uh that's what I said when they gave me that award. I mean golf has has my whole life uh, playing the game. Everything that has happened in my life has been because of golf. Everything. Um I met my wife at a golf tournament. I have my two incredible sons because I met her at a golf tournament. Uh The job I have now, my job for 10 years at Duke Basketball was because I played in the Duke Children's Classic and was fortunate enough to get friendly with Coach K and develop a relationship with him, um, I've traveled all over the world because of golf tournaments, celebrity golf tournaments. Um, one year, I mean, one or two years in there, I didn't buy a golf shirt because I kept getting free golf shirts from celebrity golf shirts. It was incredible. I didn't even have to buy a golf shirts. Um, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. I appreciate you saying that, but, um, I just, I truly think of it the other way around.
0: To go back to, I think, the point that you wanted to make as well, um, talk about what you're doing for the junior game and how your show Backspin Golf has become uh, a title sponsor for the local junior tournaments there.
1: Well, um, I got very friendly with a guy named Chris Reddle, uh, who has put on an incredible series of junior golf tournament. There's actually two that I'm involved with, with Chris and um uh the Bluegrass Junior Golf Tour. Uh and that is something, see, this is how golf works. This is amazing. Um because of Backspin Golf and something I saw on Twitter about uh an event, a series of events, a, a junior tour called the Irish Junior Open series, I was able to connect with Michael Gallagher, who is in Northern Ireland and runs the most incredible junior golf tour in the world, in the world. And I got in touch with him and he came on my show and I spoke to him. (laughs) This is, again, I can't believe this happens, but the connection was clearer than the connection you and I have right now. We did it on Facebook or Skype or however we did it. And Michael and I have gotten very, very friendly. Well, I unbeknownst to me, even, they kind of did this in secret. Chris Riddle got in touch with Michael Gallagher. And now uh Michael has not only the Irish Junior Open Tour, but he has... A, a, an event called the Champion of Champions. And it's junior golfers from all over the world that have to qualify to play in Ireland in the Champion of Champions event. And next season, Chris and right here in Kentucky, our junior golf uh, tour, the Bluegrass Junior Golf Tour, is going to be a qualifying event for the champion of champions event in Ireland. Wow. I I mean, I am just saying it is, is flabbergasting to me. Uh, And again, this is the power of the internet, social media with all the horrible things that we all know about living in the world we live in today, this kind of stuff, you know, you can't make this stuff up. And so the, the, somebody there are going to be children young golfers from Kentucky who are going to qualify to play in that event in Ireland next summer um also here's an idea uh from uh that I saw on Twitter a couple of days ago this is another example um I'm involved with the First Tee of Lexington and we all know about the incredible work that the First Tee does all over everywhere and the great people at first team of lexington uh Ryan Ballangi who hosts an, an just an incredible conglomerate of golf uh media called Golf News Net um i saw on twitter he had an interaction with somebody and this is bad for me because i should uh it may have been trevor reith who has been on my show a million times another wonderful golf writer They were talking about what we should all do, all golfers, all the balls that we have that have a little scuff or a little dirty, or we've played 10 rounds with them, or we all have a ton of balls like that. We should find a way at each of the golf courses we play to set up like a big barrel or some kind of container and leave the balls at the golf course at each of the golf courses for whatever first tee is involved in our city or wherever we live for junior golf because so many of these kids have nothing they have no equipment they don't have golf balls they don't have and if there's a little nick on the golf ball it's fine i mean you know if if I, dr- I drive around at the golf course I play every weekend, and I find 10 balls in the rough every single round. And some of them are like new, and some of them aren't, but they're still good golf balls. And I thought, what a great idea this is. So today, I reached out to my friend Stephen, who's the head of the First Tee of Lexington, and I'm going to work with him on trying to go around to the five incredible public golf courses that are partners of mine on Backspin Golf, um, the Lexington uh, Parks and Rec Golf Courses, the public courses here, and figure out a way, um, starting in the spring or even in the next couple months before we have ice storms and we can't play, to put start putting kind of a distribution center at each one of these golf courses where when you play a round, if you, if you play a round of golf with one ball, which most of us don't do, except me, I do. Of course. Uh, of course. Um The end of the round, take your ball and drop it in the barrel or whatever we have at the golf course. If you have, go into your golf bag. If you have five of those balls at the end of a round, take them, dump them in there. And think about all the golf balls we could give to all the first tees. Everywhere, really. Um, the, you know, there's, there's so many ideas like this that, that we can come up with. And, uh, it's just really cool. It's really cool. Golf social media is really something.
0: Anyway, that's a, no, that's a fantastic <laughs> idea. Kudos to you guys for coming up with that. I think that is something we should absolutely do everywhere. Why not? What do you yeah, do with the golf absolutely. ball anyway? I mean, you, you may keep some for a shag yeah. bag, but after that, right. what are you doing with them? You're throwing them away, yep. you know, who knows? Yeah. But I why do that it. when I somebody else could benefit? I have 50
1: of them in my trunk. <laughs> I have 50 <laughs> They keep rattling around, and I keep going, why don't I take these out and put them in the garage? Well, you know what? Tomorrow, maybe I'll go over to uh, Picadome and drop them all off and say, hold these for the first tee.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Matthew, before I let you go, remind our listeners how they can listen to your fantastic show, Backspin Golf, plus follow you on social media as well, my friend. Well, they can
1: follow me on Twitter at real L-A-U-R-O, and the number five. Uh And Backspin Golf uh is on WLXG.com or the WLXG. I believe, just like you, I believe this Sunday's show will be uh, my final show, uh, taking a little break until, uh, January. I think I'm going to take a couple months off because I'm getting the uh, basketball season's going to start here. I do a pre and post game basketball show for Kentucky basketball. That's going to start up in a couple weeks. So I think I may take a little break here as you're going to do. Um, but, they can go to wlxg and and we have all the podcasts that I've done uh listed there. You can pull it up and listen anytime you want.
0: Matthew, you're the best, my friend. I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. It's always a huge thrill to get to spend some time with you. You're fantastic.
1: Well, you know how I feel about you, Chris, and I mean you know, this is the best podcast golf podcast there is and I'm always honored and humbled that you ask me, especially when it's the last voice that people will hear. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm glad that it's my voice that they hear. I hope they enjoy it, but
0: uh, I'll be talking to you real soon. And thanks a million, Chris. Yeah, thank you, my friend. And, you know, I love you. I hope you, hope you have a, you a great show this coming weekend. I'll be listening and uh, stay safe, my friend. All the best to you and your family. Thanks. You too, pal. Talk to you soon. See you, Matthew. That's the great Matthew Lawrence, folks. And um, like I say, when I sit back and I think about who should be the last guest voice you hear at the end of uh one of our seasons. Uh it's been Mitch in the past and uh and, and now Matthew. Uh, two of the absolute great human beings on this great friends, and like Matthew said, I mean, Matthew and I have become really good friends. Mitchell and I have become really good friends. We've never seen each other. We've never met in person, but we've talked on the phone a million times. We've texted with each other. We uh, go back and forth on social media and things of that nature, but they are two of the finest human beings on this planet. I, I love those guys like brothers. They're, they've been so supportive and so good to me, and, um, and I just love everything that they do. Mitch's, his show is called Talking Golf Getaways. You've heard me talking about that many, many times. What a great job he does marrying, uh, golf and travel on that show with his co-host Darren Bunch. And then Matthew with his show backspin golf. And he does a drive time show as well. But, um, everything that those two guys do is, is fantastic and special because they're, they're both really special people. And I can't thank, uh, Matthew enough for coming back and being part of the show. We'll catch up again soon. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow not only on this episode, but of this season of Next on the T. My sincere thanks again tonight to John Cook, Tim Simpson, Olin Brown, and Matthew Lawrence for joining me. And folks, your support this season has been absolutely fantastic. I appreciate all of you so very much. I'll be switching over to our football podcast Thursday Night Tailgate in a couple of weeks. If you love the NFL, we talk with the legends of the game each week to hear their stories and insights for what's going on around the league, plus their days in college football as well. My co-host Bob Lazari and I will kick off that show on Thursday, October 28th, and our guests that night are going to be former Giants and Browns running back Randy Manier, former Patriots running back Tony Collins, Pittsburgh Sports Talk radio host Paul Alexander, and former Dolphins tackle Richmond Webb. Folks, it has been such a great season here on Next on the Tee. My thanks again to all of you and to all of my guests for making this show so much fun to do. As always, thank you for choosing to listen to this show tonight. I really appreciate the fact that you continue to make Next on the Tee a part of your golfing content. Until next time, hit them straight, my friends.